Hello, people of the internet. We have a very special and different unrelenting for you today. And uh, you could probably tell that's the case because uh, you haven't heard the theme yet. Which you're probably not hearing yet anyway. God damn it. <laughs> All right, we're off to a fun start. But um, among the the new and different and wild things happening today is not just that the theme didn't play, which I'll play in a second. I, Once I, I get the... Uh, oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, you shouldn't have heard it. Oh. Um, but also... Darren O'Neill's not here. Yay! So consequently, I had to have uh, a co-host to replace Darren. And who better than Sir Bemrose? How are you, Sir Bemrose? I am doing great. Uh, I am uh, caffeinated, uh, probably about 50% right now, but I have enough in my stomach that as we go, I'm going to get more and more and more hyper as it works its way into my bloodstream. Caffeinated is good. I'm drinking some iced tea myself. Somebody didn't warn me that that 7 a.m. comes way too early on the left coast. Well, I, I kept telling you, it's not 7 a.m. I'm I've delayed the stream by an hour just so you didn't have to get up early. It, it's still early. Yeah, well, it's it's not late. That's for sure. There's the theme. Now, anybody know what the hell episode we're on? I sure as hell don't. I'm sure somebody in the troll room knows. Don't look at me. Yeah. <laughs> what? Hold on. You're in the troll room, aren't you? Yes. Well, keep an eye out for anybody answering what the hell episode this is, because uh, at some point we should is, mention it. This is episode. It's like 33 or something. Yeah, yeah, it's 30. I think it's 33. I think that sounds about right. So we'll just make this episode 33. There we go. With special guests, Sir Bembrose. So, hello. I don't. I don't know if you've noticed or if you've looked at all this morning on comments in the uh, No Agenda Social, but um, for some reason, people think that we are uh, hostile towards each other, and I have no idea why that's the case. Well, I mean, I hate you, but I also hate Darren, and I hate everybody else in the world too. It's. It's. I'm. I'm not singling you out for anything. It's kind of equal opportunity. Yeah, I, I don't, I will, I'll even go further than that. I certainly don't hate you. I just think you're an annoying prick, but I don't, I don't go well, so I far am. as hate. Yeah. And that's like, you're accepting of that term. So that's fine. Um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the time we got together for lunch too. That was fun. That was fun. It was good sushi too. Good food. Yeah. That was good sushi. Especially the part where I didn't have to pay for it. <laughs> well, I didn't either. So actually we both lucked out on that one. We'll let Amazon take care of that bill. Yes. <laughs> so but, but that's, I, I, that's a little inside baseball there. Nobody yeah, exactly. Knows that we were there. That's true. That's true. Um, I don't know if um, uh, if if you brought any topics. I've got a few we can chat about here. But, you know, generally, uh, Darren just starts off talking about something that I really don't care about for a while. And then okay. I kind of nod and um, go, we uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, and then I move on with- to stuff that's Ukraine. And then I talk for a while. The so H uh, town in the troll room has just said it's actually episode 34. I don't know if we believe that, but <laughs> I just, well, maybe this is episode 33 part de in that case. Yes. I don't know. I, I, my I like 33. I'm going to call this 33 in the third works for me. 
So right. um, I didn't bring topics, but there are things. I, well, okay, I brought topics, but I didn't bring any news stories or anything. I don't know if is this a news story show? Not really. Okay. No, this is well. a chit chat show of random. Th- the way I described it on the last uh, maybe one or two episodes ago was we're we're kind of like the um, uh, Seinfeld of podcasts, meaning it's a show about nothing. Yeah, and and I never mm-hmm. watched it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's popular. But, well, you know, nobody seems to watch it. There's there's certainly some hot topics that I have strong opinions on. Uh, and I, I wrote down a list of topics. So uh, oh, you we did. Can, well, you're ahead of me then. I didn't yeah, write anything well, down. So okay, go for it. Yeah, but but these are super generic. Here's here's my list. Okay. Uh, racism, copyright mm. law, economics, mm. bodily autonomy, right to repair and Silicon Valley versus privacy. It sound like I'm I'm reading out Jeopardy categories at this point. It sounds like yeah. I will take so if racism, can, true or false, for 100, Alex. Take oh, I'm sorry, which one? Racism. Okay. True or false. Um. Well, okay. Uh. In the latest Sergene speaks, which I understand it's a, a little bit of an old episode, but uh, through the luck of the draw, it played after no agenda yesterday. Mm. Um. Your co-host made a point about. Uh, there are differences between racisms. It's not ra- or between races. It's not racism. It's a biological fact. And mm-hmm. I, I don't want to necessarily quibble with that because, of course, there are differences between people. But my question at the time that I'll pose to you is why should skin color be the partition function between humanity? Um, totally agree. What about what about gender? What about if you partition people by the length of their pinky finger or something like that? Just take some other random biological aspect of them or the size of their breasts. Well, uh, in that case, mine, I'm pretty good. But <laughs> it, yeah, why? Why is that's my biggest? Problem no, I, with I totally agree. And I this I've actually corrected him on this, at least if my opinion corrected him on this, that uh, the race is the human race and that race is distinct from other humanoid but non-human races like neanderthals so i could be racist towards neanderthals um in order for me to be racist towards another human i would have to be sort of a self-hating human i guess or a self-race hating human i mean not to the quality of being human there are other qualities i may be uh you know, particular to like, I like redheads, for example. So I guess I'm, you know, anti brunettes and, and for what it's worth. Things like hair and eye color are perfectly valid partition functions too. It's yeah. just all, all of the people in the world that, that people, you know, will consider, Oh, this is a multicultural tend to have brown eyes and dark hair. So maybe that, you know, if yeah. you partition based on eye color, for example, uh, you're going to get a whole lot of diversity in Central Europe and mm-hmm. not much outside of that. Well, and the reality, the, the biggest minority that you can find, if you include all humans on Earth, everybody in the human race, are the green eyed blondes. They're the fewest of them of any type of human. Really? Of any variety of human. Yeah, absolutely. And so I would think if you want to be inclusionist and uh, politically correct and all that jazz, then you ought to recognize the fact that this is the group most likely to go extinct and therefore needs the most protection. Yes. If if you really care about diversity, let's, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. 
And, and that ultimately is my problem with any kind of diversity rhetoric is it, it's just assumed that the diversity we talk about is, is one, you know, you know, one assumed partition function. I'm like, well, there's lots of ways you could partition. Oh, you lost your train of thought or you lost something. Oh, you're coughing. There we go. I'm sorry. Apparently my mute button isn't working. If you could hear that. Yes. Oh, I, I have really good hearing. Darren always says that. Oh, well then Darren figure out a way to mute me. <laughs> yes. Oh, by the way, we're, you're getting the split of the take here today. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I don't understand why, but apparently you are. I, I'm, I find it's best not to complain about things that result in me getting money. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that's the case. I've always made a point that guests get promotion, the hosts get money, but okay, fine. I, I'm, I'm not the one who set it up, but if, speaking uh, of promotion, if I wants hear, to play with, with his brand new split function. Yeah, that's exactly what he's doing. He's playing. He like, he can't be on the show, but he's going to do play around with the split function. Works for me. Mm, yeah, I can. I can tell it's working. Yeah, I, um, I feel like this is this is a perfectly <laughs> acceptable thing. Next topic. All right. Um, all right. We talked about racism. We talked about the split. What else you got? Next topic's yours. Um, well, uh, how about uh, bodily autonomy? Mm. All right. For 400. All now, right. There's two ways we can go on this because there's two huge, huge hot button political issues, mm-hmm. uh, depending on which side you want to be on. Uh, one is this big abortion thing. Yeah. And the other is uh, jab mandates. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I think first and foremost, people ought to be consistent in their opinions. Yes. And that is ultimately my big problem with uh, people who classically identify as being on the left is uh their decisions are made what which they they set their values at the spur of the moment and and not everybody i've known certain people who are are honorable sure there's always exceptions but but you you set your values at the spur of the moment it's a an interesting dance that definitely comes down from like the top levels of the the leftist parties where what values you support at the moment are determined entirely by whether or not they get you the results that you want. It's an ends justify the means situation, which is really no values at all. And that a person who, who does that and, and uses that is acting immorally because you have, you have no code of ethics. You are just deciding to push really, really hard and, and set rules based on, what you want the outcome to be. This is what Clarence Thomas was complaining about when people were like, well, we just need the Supreme court to decide in our favor in every way. And like, well, we're deciding based on this little piece of paper called the constitution that has a bunch of rules. Well, and I think that's the difference between politics and ethics is (laughs) politics is about getting what you want in a creative way, utilizing the laws. And ethics is looking at laws and enforcing things that are self-evident. I I feel like it's, it's about having a, a code of rules to live by and then sticking to that, that, that to me is what makes a, well, I guess an ethical person. So it's, it's exactly right. You but you, do you need the rules to be created by Congress or do you think these rules no. are self-evident? No, I, I think that 
that most of the rules that we should be living by are created by God. There you go. So God or self-evident, I think it comes down to the same thing. It's essentially, it doesn't require a government to tell somebody what is good and what is bad that we, we are born with a certain amount of that. And our parents, at least in theory, uh, add on to that, uh, even, even further. And so what should be left up to the government are settling disputes between people that both think they're operating ethically. Yes. So look at this. We're agreeing nonstop. This is going to be a boring, boring show for everybody, apparently. Well, uh, screw you. Do I have to ban you from the troll room again? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that would be a a double ban. Has that ever been done? I don't know if that's the thing. I'm sure it has. There's certain people who have pissed off Void Zero that much. Really? Yeah. I can't imagine anybody pissing off Void Zero. Void Zero seemed to be like the most. He, uh, you know, you know it, was, it was a couple of years ago that he kind of stepped away from the community and mm-hmm. uh, had his second kid and decided yep. to focus on family life and found religion. And yeah. he is a much happier person. I'm very happy for him. No, he is. He is. I haven't seen him since, uh, I want to say, it's probably 10 years. Probably 2012, 13 time frame. I, I've never met the guy. Mm. Yeah, I no, still- he was very nice. Met him and his then girlfriend uh, or fiance, I guess. Uh, this is before they were married, certainly before the kids. So let's but, uh, have a very nice time chatting in a coffee shop. Let, let's probe in a bit, see if we can find something that we disagree about. Okay. Um, what a, in, in, in an ideal utopia, in, in Sir Gene's ideal utopia, what is the mm. role of government? Let's just go pure philosophy, because I know you like that. Sure. Uh, well, like I mentioned before, the role of government, one of the roles of government is to settle disputes between people who both think that they are on the proper side, um, ethically, morally, legally. Uh, another role of the government is to protect the population which created the government from outside forces, outside the invasions, wars, etc. Um, I mean, beyond that, what I'm kind about, of a libertarian. What about printing forty billion and sending it to another country? Is that not part of the role of the government? Uh, <clears throat> I think that uh, no, that is not the role of the government. <laughs> First of all, printing money should not be the role of the government. Uh, if the the populace decides that you know using some physical heavy means of currency exchange like solid pieces of gold is too inconvenient. They can certainly have uh, authorized the government through their voting to create something that says um, use this piece of paper. Uh, it will be accepted as equivalent for that gold by everybody in the country so that you don't have to squabble over. Well, this is this is not the right piece of paper, but man, that would require uh, that would require a constitutional amendment if I was running things. <laughs> you you did just hit on something that uh, it, I'll go ahead and just classify this as one of my peeves with regards to argument. And uh, I'm not saying you did this intentionally, but it's something mm-hmm. that everybody does. It's part of rhetoric. In fact, I just literally did it right now uh, is you said uh, if, if the people approve of something through voting. Right. and um, that is the, uh, it's not the fallacy of stereotyping. It's a, 
a, a fallacy of uh, un, the undifferentiated middle, or I don't remember what the exact one is, but the idea that saying the people can agree to anything at all is stripping people of their individuality and their ability to choose for themselves. And that ultimately is my biggest problem is, is a democracy is always mob rule. And there will always it be, is. unless you can find that one unique issue that every single person agrees on uh, every time that you do something or say something on behalf of the people, you are committing a fallacy of saying of, of including in the group people who don't agree with that. And well, sure, sure. Uh, but the concept of government is predicated on a group of people agreeing. Like the, if you don't have a group of people that agree, there is no government you have in order to create government. You have to have people that agree. And you can well, say, well, what if it's just 51%? What if it's just 51% of people agree? Well, I would say if, if you're truly creating a government from scratch and, and you're consider yourselves to be an ethical lot, then I see what you do is you, you say, okay, we're going to draw a line. Everybody that wants to form this type of government stand on the right side. Everybody doesn't on the left. All of us that agreed to create this type of government, we're going to go off and do that. We'll, We'll maybe trade with you guys, but we're not going to force you to be part of our country that we're creating the government for. But hey, we have a unanimous vote where everybody that wants this type of government just agreed by stepping on the right side of the line. Yeah. And now second question is, is, you know, what what color should we paint the front of the chapel or whatever? And now you've got people disagreeing again. And eventually, every time you have a decision, if you partition the people based on that decision, you ultimately end up with uh, a whole lot of governments of one person each. Absolutely. And that is the ideal form of government, incidentally. I, I agree. Uh, I am willing to. God allow, damn it. Quit agreeing. I'm willing to allow some collectivism to creep in, though. Collectivism the, has to be agreed upon. It can't be forced on the you. The family or tribal unit, I think, it operates best collectively. But actually, the last time we talked, which there was are, more than a year ago, we discussed <laughs> yeah. that. We did. And, and I think that certainly anyone that has a family unit so, can, can uh, think of an instance where maybe they would like to have been a government of one instead of a government of a family. So ultimately, I, I, I'm just going to come out and say the biggest problem that I have, is, again, with the idea of a government, obviously, every time that we have a presidential race, it's all or nothing. It's it's this guy's you know side gets everything or this guy's side gets everything. Yeah. And every time 49% of the country get completely screwed. Uh, Sometimes you, 51%. Well, actually it was more like 65% <laughs> if once you take out all of the fraudulent votes, yeah, but there you go. But really ultimately I think about 95% got screwed. Well, they now, just won't see, admit a lot it. of them didn't realize it at the time. I think that they had an inkling, but they were willing to do it just to stick it to the other guy. Yeah. You know, they didn't like mean tweets. Yeah. But that's here's, that's here's the problem thing. that I have with all current forms of government is the partition function, which uh, kind of made sense back when, when this was a very effective way to partition tribes and people didn't have contact outside of it mm -hmm. is geographically. You, right. you start with a map and you draw lines on it. You draw lines yep. on the earth. And you say, everybody who lives in this geographic area is now committed to the one government. Well, yep. that's not how people are connected anymore. Most people wouldn't recognize their, their, the next door neighbor if they saw him in a police lineup. But 
we're all connected now in ways that transcend geography. So why are we still suffering government geographically? I particularly like living in the Pacific Northwest, but yeah. I guarantee you that Jay fucking Inslee does not represent me in any yeah. way. Uh, and however, your gasoline tax is going to double as if, well. Yeah, yeah, it is. If if we had a if we had a government where uh, you know a, a a a republic where each state was represented and each or each city, each county, whatever, except that instead of partitioning geographically, we partition things by uh, online community. I would yep. join the no agenda community right. and I would, that would be a government that represented me and mm-hmm. geographically is, I mean, there's certain things where it still makes sense, like connecting utilities, connecting a, a direct utility line from me to you with nothing in between would not be economically efficient. No, not really. But a lot of there's a lot of rules and and behaviors. I think the Internet structure itself shows us this is possible. We have no central ownership of the Internet, although we've had a hell of a lot of consolidation. A lot of people trying. But look at the Internet 20 years ago. Everything was still connected and it was very, very uh, decentralized. You could take many different routes going through many different companies systems, and yet the packet still gets to where it needs to go. And I guess where I was going with that, because you're silent, is is that I think it is possible to have a a system where uh, there is connectivity between people physically in different locations uh, to be able to present themselves as a single community, a single cohort to be able to vote uh, and apply laws equally. As long as there's at least a certain agreement and trust between all these communities on those connective resources, whether they're internet or roads, like they don't all have to be owned by the government, but we have to have plans and treaties in place that allow everybody to use the same road, whether they vote libertarian, uh, rhino or, uh, communist. Cause that's the three options. I, I, is libertarian really an option? Well, if there's nothing else to vote for, that's who I'm going to vote for. I, I don't know. My, my go-to in most races is fill in, fill in none of the above. I guess that's voting. Anarchist. Yeah. A lot of people do that. That's yeah. I, that's probably more anarchist than libertarian. Yeah. I, I used to identify as a libertarian. I have determined that I don't identify as anything other than Sir Bemrose now, because if, mm. if you go into a conversation and you say I'm a Republican or I'm a libertarian or I'm a, you know, a, a, a left wing by curious uh, panda job, then somebody <laughs> will automatically decide all, you know, everything about you and make a yeah. bunch of assumptions without you even saying any further words and it completely the moment you say i'm a libertarian then it derails the rest of the conversation because they're not talking with you anymore they're now talking with their opinion of what they think of the stereotypical libertarian whatever they think it is so i definitely don't identify as yeah and i'm I'm probably more objectivist than libertarian um but i i did run for political office as libertarian many many years ago um, so I still kind of a default to saying libertarian, but honestly, it is a lot more of an objectivist position than libertarian one. 
I don't know. The, the more I see the government operate today, the more anarchist I become. <laughs> and, you know, uh, there are some fun anarchists out there like um, Michael Malice. I, I'm not familiar. Really? Oh, okay. You definitely need to uh, watch some YouTube videos with okay. Michael Malice. G- give me a guess. rundown on, on his awesome, the awesomeness of his position. <clears throat> so he is, well, I have a love hate relationship with him. Uh, I, I think that a lot of like, he's, he rubs me the wrong way when I listen to him, but I appreciate that he's there. You know what I mean? There's some people like that. Um, he yeah, is I, a, that's kind of how I felt about Trump, but go on. Uh, there you go. Um, malice is one of those people that I see as fully taking advantage of the system that he's living in, uh, you know, financially and for, uh, you know, marketing and everything else. But talking about ideas of anarchism, which I, I just like, I've known people that are what I would consider true blue anarchists. Like these are, you know, guys that are boycotting absolutely everything from Walmart to, uh, facebook to whatever yeah um it, it, that's uh if, if you can swing it and not have your yeah and that's the problem is most like they mostly live really poorly yeah <laughs> that's the bottom line well living michael really does not want actually, to live poorly <laughs> living really poorly is actually going to become a lot easier for a lot of americans thanks to the Democrat I, party yes yes um and it's going to be not just easier it's going to be mandated in europe uh literally in months yeah what what have they done there They've decided to cut themselves at the foot of uh, Russian fuel. Oh, that's right. Is this the Ukraine segment? I was. Waiting. This is the yeah. We're we're transitioning okay, smoothly, good. just in case nobody notices. Um. Yeah, because Europe really didn't have a dog in this fight. Germany didn't give a rat's ass about Ukraine. Poland mostly wanted territory back from Ukraine. Uh, most European countries barely can point to Ukraine on a map. All they know, it was part of Russia, and then, um, depending on who you ask, they had a a revolution and got themselves rid of Russia, or if you're, you know, looking from another perspective, uh, CIA came in and uh, created a color revolution and uh, placed a Western-based puppet government in there. And so, you know... Like these people were not buying gas from Ukraine. They weren't buying most things from Ukraine other than what it had in abundance, which is it has farmland. So there were farm crops that were purchased from Ukraine, not exotic farm crops, just sort of regular farm crops. That's about it. And yet they were buying a lot more from Russia, including a majority of their energy in the form of natural gas, as well as oil. Um, and then the U.S., which buys virtually nothing from Russia except for uranium, uh, you know, to keep the nuclear power plants running. Yeah, I heard Hillary was a, a great salesperson uh-huh. there. Yeah. So U.S. that does really doesn't lose anything decided, well, we're going to we're going to make Putin decide that he had to get out of Ukraine and we're going to do that by telling him, hey, McDonald's no longer allowed to operate in Russia there and uh, of course this is all a set of dominoes that uh, once you topple one they just keep on going 
um, and Europe joined in, I don't think realizing that this would last as long as it will. And it's not over yet, nor realizing that, um, you know, maybe it's not a good thing to piss off the guys that supply all your energy, uh, all your fertilizer and a good chunk of your other uh, raw materials. And they just went along with it. And now they're going to be paying the price for going along with what America did, which America is not doing great as a result either. But but Europe is really fucked. See, here's and, and this goes back to the point I was trying to make earlier. Here's the problem that I have with all of this political intrigue. I don't want to disagree with anything you said, because we've got a thing going where we agree with everything today. But that was okay. I didn't realize that was a thing, but okay. It it seems to be, and I'm I'm gonna go. I don't want to mess with it. Uh, you keep saying uh, Europe did this, and Russia did this, and Ukraine did this, mm-hmm. and again, the the problem that I have with it is that I have I, I have absolutely no identification with the 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 elites who have cheated themselves into positions of power in all of these countries. And when you say that, what you really mean is, uh, you know, Putin's government did this or totally, of the, course, of course. Well, absolutely. The, the reason is that when when you distill it down to, you know, uh, uh, this country did a thing, this country did a thing in return. I feel like what mm-hmm. what that story always misses is the fact that every time that two countries come out, wave their dicks around and put them on the table and start measuring uh, the the table is made of the backs of people who really don't want to be involved. And it, it's always the I, I have a lot of sympathy for the population of every single one of these countries who are getting completely screwed by a bunch of political dick measuring by people who really should be up against a wall and not oh, running yeah. countries. I, I totally agree. I hate to say it, it again, but uh, no, that's absolutely right. Uh I'm using the shortcut of the country, but certainly it is the the rulers of that country that are making these decisions. And I think that there's been a little bit of a uh, a lie perpetrated to somehow suggest that the serfs are not the serfs and that the politicians are not the royalty. And that lie, I think, was mostly created to try and keep communism at bay, which is this idea that, hey, the serfs can rise up and uh, gain control, which in and of itself is a lie as well. But this is also why I just, you know, uh, referred to serfs in my intros on Sergene Speaks, because uh, nothing has changed. There's always been a ruling class for probably a million years. Uh, Certainly going back about 6,000 years, we know that there was a ruling class from um, archaeology. There always will be a ruling class. Some people will always find ways to control other people, uh, whether they do it through intellect, very rare, or whether they do it through persuasion and scheming and lying, much more common. But there's never going to be, I can't envision anyway, a country that exists where some people aren't ruled by others. The United States, absolutely a part of that as well. Well, but there's a matter of degree, and here's where where we go back to the, you know, th- there was a, I'm going to name a, a period and place where uh, collectivism actually worked pretty darn well. Uh, 13th century North America. Okay. Um, <clears throat> the, 
it's always a matter of scale. There is no possible way to govern something the size of Europe or the United States or Russia and, and do good by all the people. It's, it's impossible. There's too, too much variety, too much diversity of the people of what people want, what people need to do, what, you know, of, of situations. Mm -hmm. Um, if, if you are going to govern, then you, you can do fairly well governing by the, about the size of a tribe, say 200 people. And that was the system of government amongst native Americans for years and years and years before the Europeans came over. And uh, there was a whole lot of strife. What, what there makes was, you think that was better? Well, it, I'm, I'm not convinced it was better. There was war between tribes. There yeah, was, there was uh, war within, there was war within tribes. There were I'm a lot of, the, the way uh, of living was better. I'm saying yeah. there was no state. Uh, well, I think the Aztecs may have something to say about that. I wasn't there. <laughs> Wow. Okay, but you weren't in the 13th century anyway. That you know of. That that I know of. Correct. But the Aztecs were certainly in North America. Um, prior to that, Incas, the Mayas. I mean, we've got large civilizations that existed in North America. So are you um, are you contending that if you have a series of tribes, that a state is an inevitable outcome? Yes, I think it's a population determinism. It's, oh, I'm sorry. It's, uh, it's a population based determinism. I think once a population grows to sufficient levels, it's inevitable. So what you're really saying is that our population has grown too big and we have an overpowering. State if we limited and, this earth to only 500,000 people. Yeah. And you're, we wouldn't what have you're this saying issue. is that the real solution to all of our overbearing government problems is yeah, that eugenics. Bill Gates. Absolutely. Totally. Yeah. Bill Gates knows this shit, man. You, doesn't he look like a guy you want to trust? I mean, no, now no, he I know you've like never worked for Bill Gates. When I worked for him. <laughs> exactly. Now, Bill Gates a uh, is a smarmy looking when he was at Microsoft. Yeah, I he, I've, I've seen him on stage quite a few times back in the 90s, and he was absolutely a weasel. Um, He's the kind of guy that Steve Jobs made look like uh, a nerd like Jobs, yeah. who in any other crowd is a nerd. Standing next to Gates made Gates Jobs look like he's the nerd. This nerd out there. He was. He, he was. Well, he, yeah. He, in fact, yeah. I'm not even sure Jobs was a nerd. Wozniak was the nerd in that company. Jobs yeah. was a slick salesman who was so good at. He had so much charisma and was so good at sales that he could warp the financial and economic reality of people around him for the purpose of creating and making his products stand out. He did. He I did don't do think that. He was technical. But he, well, he was initially. You remember where they met, don't you? Uh, Silicon Valley as a fracking club, where yeah. and and fracking not oil, but uh, fracking as in the original connotation of uh, making illegal phone calls by playing uh, tones oh, yeah, yeah. through a payphone. They met at a group in uh, the the Bay Area. That was like a meetup, a local meetup in in the seventies of frackers. Yeah, but how so, do you know Jobs wasn't just a poser then? I mean, like, uh, I mean, maybe, well, I I think, uh, there, I think what happened back then was Jobs identified very quickly that this technology thing was going to take off because he was really good at spotting trends and deciding to get ahead of them. Mm -hmm. And whether that be 
releasing the iPhone when he did to create the smartphone market or going to a, a, a nerd club and chumming up to a bunch of nerds for the purpose of trying to get them to do all the brain work so that he could benefit from it. Those are functionally the same thing. Uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I, uh, I, I do Jobs remember a, a, a I, I, salesman who could get other people to do things for him. And he's, he's done that. I don't think he was life. that in his early twenties, dude. He was, he was, he dropped out of college. He never wore shoes. He didn't take baths. That's not a salesman. That, no, that but, is a, a hippie. <laughs> I, everybody has their foibles. You only wear them uh-huh. on your sleeve once you get big enough that you can market them. Yeah, I mean, eventually, instead of just, you know, not, not wearing shoes, he just had the same black outfits. I mean, podcasting uh, with went. a cat on your lap, that's that's my foible. And I, well, I don't know if I've made it big enough to be able to advertise that, though. Yeah, well, I, I don't know if you're, uh, is your cat interactive? Does he make noise if you pet him or anything? Yes, yes. If you go back to some of the older episodes of Grumpy Old Pets, sometimes, he, heard? sometimes okay. he would yowl very loudly. Oh, he would yell. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. It, it was right. picked up. And it's, it's hard to know what gets through the noise gate, but whenever Darren would derail what I was saying, I go, was that your cat? I'm like, well, mm. yes. And also fuck you. <laughs> oh, too funny. Uh, yeah. So, uh, should we, should we touch the third rail here? I don't see why not. Okay. So what the hell dude, why did you guys stop recording in the first place? Uh, Oh, that third rail. Yeah. Oh, and uh, I just want to, I have instructions from the troll room. Tell Gene it was freaking, not fracking, as in phone freaking. Yeah, I would have recognized they're that. They're correct. They're correct. This is freaking, not fracking. Well, I, I, I wasn't You're, sure because, you know, it might have been Jobs and Wozniak were busy injecting liquid. Yeah, they the were exactly. The maybe. No, that, no, no, they're totally right. I was incorrect. Yes. Um, yeah. So what, what, uh, what happened? Because it seemed like, like I was a listener of your show and, uh, and well, I was your first even a guest. He was, I was in a guest on your show twice. So it, it was a little bit out of the blue. when all of a sudden I get a text message from and say, Hey, you want to be a guest uh, co-host <laughs> again? I'm like uh, a little short notice, but sure. Well, and then the next show is like, yeah, you're no, you're good for next week as well. I'm like, okay, so what's the deal? It's like, ah, I don't know. He quit or something or something like what? <laughs> so, um, Darren and I have, have never been what you would call good friends, at least in public. And well, you certainly never had sushi together. We have not had sushi together. And he, yes, he's never in, invited me to his house to help with his air conditioning. Mm-hmm. Um, how to put this? Uh, well, it, there was a troll who I was getting fed up with. And uh, this is the catalyst. There may have been underlying issues that I'm not going to talk through because you're not my psychiatrist, but the catalyst was a particular troll who had been going over the top for several months. And I was getting fed up and was doing things like kicking him out of the room and uh, Mm. didn't take a hint. And then I find out later that Darren had actually been egging him on because he wanted me to get pissed off. And Mm. uh, the event, drama yeah well the event happened uh the weekend that my cat died and, Ooh, um sorry about the cat yeah well i i am too but um that's that's in the past now but um i was 
kind of in a fragile place and uh, the troll started in again and I went ahead and just did a kick ban and said, uh, you know, you keep, you, you know, you do this one more time and you're banned forever or something like that. And I was mm-hmm. never I, just I, like Sir Gene. I get it. Yeah. And to be honest, I've never banned anybody forever. And mm-hmm. I don't think Darren realized that, but he was like forever is too much. But, but in Darren's style, he didn't come to it. Like uh, forever is too much. We should probably do something else. He was more like, uh, Oh, I see that you're totally unprincipled and a, an authoritarian douche and, and fuck you. And I guess grumpy old Ben's is over now because you don't, like the troll that I was grooming or something like that. And Mm. uh, the, the troll to me was quickly forgotten. It was just the catalyst Mm. for an argument between Darren and I, and we, uh, to be honest, what happened publicly was only the tip of the iceberg. And, um, and the, the one thing that bothered me, and this is probably why we quit for so long was that, uh, Darren and I were uh, at first shouting a lot in the private back channel. And I can mm. get over that because uh, I don't have the attention span to hold a grudge really for that long, mm-hmm. but he was then taking his side of that and bringing it out into public. And that was probably the thing that broke it for me. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. And, um, it, it probably would have been no problem at all. But the other thing that, again, I'm going to mark this up to a, a misunderstanding was uh, what I said was the one thing that I want is just let grumpy old Ben's drop because yep. the, the show was me and Darren, we built yep. it. It's not, it wouldn't, if, if I tried to do grumpy old Ben's with cold acid, it wouldn't be grumpy old Ben's. If you mm-hmm. tried to do grumpy old Ben's with Darren, it would be a different show. In fact, it mm-hmm. is a different show. It's called well, Unrelenting. It's very popular. With them for a while. Yeah. And I, and, and Darren will totally agree when I say this, uh, is I told them probably from episode three. So we should probably change the name. Huh? He's like, uh, yeah, we could do that. And then, like literally I kept telling him when are you going to change name? When are you going to change name? Let's change name. Cause clearly this is a hot button for Bemrose and you keep pushing it. Why? There's no reason to, if we're doing a different show, why do we need the same name? So we, uh, like I said, the, what you saw in public, even the stuff that Darren brought out into public and he shouldn't have, uh, mm-hmm. was was only the tip of the iceberg for the amount of shouting. But I would say that, uh, you know, the, the shouting served to uh, Darren and I reached a conclusion. But one of the parts of that conclusion was uh, this isn't going to work and you've got your own thing. And he started he, he went off and started show with you and a show with Larry. And both of them mm-hmm. are excellent shows and everybody should listen and definitely donate to the one with Larry. But <laughs> yes, I agree. Yes, because you can't hear a goddamn thing because it's subsonic. It's below human hearing when you listen to that show. Oh, I love Larry's voice, but yeah, I have to turn him up. Uh huh. He's. I don't. I don't know if it's. I don't. I don't know if Larry's voice is just in that register where my old man hearing has a dip in the spectrum or or what. But if every time Larry's on a show, I'm like, everybody seems like they acts like they can hear him fine, and I have to turn his parts up. <laughs> But I'm yeah, well, that's true of both of those guys for me. Oh, that's my hearing. 
I'm like, huh? But what? you can hear my whiny voice just as well. Your your whiny voice and my whiny voice are perfectly fine in terms of my register of hearing. But yeah, uh, yeah I actually have the the EQ to peak more of the highs when I'm doing the show with Darren, just so I can hear him. So anyway, uh, ultimately, uh, the what what I will I will leave it at is uh, we needed to take some time off, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, he went and started like 13 new shows and I went yep. and started my one solo show, uh, mm-hmm. just to demonstrate, you know, I, I started angry tech news. The reason I started it was to demonstrate to myself that I was capable of making a podcast. And, uh, if, if you look at my update schedule, literally late, anybody is capable of making a podcast. It's the lowest freaking bar. You can, well, anybody hit. is capable of recording a session, but can you record a yeah. uh, 33 and a third in a row weekly? on time with without fail yeah that's about how many i did before i realized this is sucks i'm gonna do them just whenever i feel like it (laughs) well that because i think i I was doing every other day i did every other day for about two months every other day is rough and then i just like okay i'm done and then eventually you took on a co-host because you realized that that by got me is- back into doing it on a standard schedule, honestly, because I went from doing it every other day to doing it twice a week to doing it whenever I felt like it. And having a co-host feel forces me to do it once a week. It actually, uh, I've, I've had the exact same experience um, having a co-host and, and having somebody there who's like, Hey, uh, you know, I warmed up the stream. Where the fuck are you? Yeah. is it is excellent <laughs> motivation when otherwise it's actually pretty easy to be like i know i need to get a podcast out but, but yeah. there's also you know work to be done that pays better than podcasting mm, or, like literally everything yes yeah or or you know there's this show on on netflix that i really need to get through and binge watch mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. if that's your thing yeah exactly no i i think the co-host thing works my first podcast that I ever did was in uh, 2006, seven, seven, I think. Um, within two episodes, I figured that had to be a rule. So we had uh, three regulars and a total of six people that rotated through where most shows had at least two. Some had five people on them. Um, and that was Sec This, S-E-C-T-H-I-S. Which was a podcast where uh, everybody was a security expert. Um, we had a guy from the NSA. Uh, we had a few guys that were uh, working Fortune 500s. I was one of those guys. We had a few people that were in the military. But everybody was a, a CISSP minimum. And most people had a lot more certifications than that. And we started the show off by talking about what drink we're starting to drink as we start doing the show. So uh, it was a bunch of dudes that got to uh, fairly niche security related positions and then, you know, took the tie off because most of us were suit and tie to work. So if they're working uh, security, grab, I'm grab the drink straight tequila. Well, it really depends, dude. Everybody had a preference. I was generally doing white Russians, but uh, um that's because I get a little bit of a sweet tooth. I like uh, liquor mixed with a little sugar, so that worked. But uh, it was uh, it was a fun show. But I said right from the get go, or at least from the second episode, it's like if this ever gets to a point where I am the only one showing up, that will be our last episode. So 
all the rest of y'all keep that in mind that yes, you can miss episodes because we have a big enough crew where we can rotate people around and I'll maybe occasionally miss one. I'll be on most of them. But if we get to a point where I'm the only guy that shows up, so I'll record that episode, but that'll be it. So what you're saying is that if I hadn't agreed to do this today, it would have been just you. And that would have been the end of unrelenting. I could have. Yeah. So thanks for you you could have. Thanks for saving unrelenting. That's nice of you. Dang. I didn't realize I had that power. I would have uh, definitely demanded more than just a 33% share. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, 33% share of this show is actually worth something. Yes. Um, There are, there's some significant donors. Derail you just briefly. Um, You're recording this, right? Yeah. Please yeah. tell me you're recording. Okay. I am. Um, there is a lot of whining and bitching from the audio files in the troll room uh, yeah. saying that your audio is terrible. And I think that a part of that is that it's coming over Zencaster and I'm not massaging it in any kind of pipeline whatsoever and just sending out to that, the stream. Yes. The recorded audio will sound a lot better okay, than that's the streaming what I was audio hoping for because Be- yeah, uh, obviously because- you're you're going to make the recorded audio sound fantastic yeah, yeah, even yeah. better than when Darren does it. I'm sure. Probably. Yeah. But, but what I do know is uh, typically when I do it with Darren, he takes, I, I'm, I'm doing this raw. There's, there's no compressors. There's no filters. There's no EQ. There's nothing on my voice because that's what Darren wants to get is just the raw sound. And then he does all the processing on his end. Yes. And then it comes out sounding and, the way you guys normally and, hear it on the stream be because fair, he's he, running the stream. He knows the magic incantations in. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, Cassidy. he's what does he use? Uh, <laughs> what, audition. He knows the magic yeah, incantations yeah, yeah. to make even crappy mics sound really good. Go listen to the first 50 episodes or so of grumpy old Ben's before I had the RE 320 and Darren still made it sound pretty good. Despite the fact that I was in a different room while I was podcasting. Yeah, it's it's a uh, he does have that skill set for sure, and he practices that literally on a daily basis, yeah, which I do because he podcasts on, occasion. on a daily basis. Yeah, he does he, exactly, absolutely. Um, but I I certainly have the you know same equipment, if not the same skill set, and uh, it will sound a lot better on the recording than okay. it does. On In the that screen. case, shut the fuck up, troll room. It'll sound better if you download it. Yeah. I don't know that the troll room bothers downloading. I think they're getting everything. Oh, I, I like the so, troll room because it allows so, me to derail your conversation when you start getting really boring. By- yeah, that's, that's totally fine. Yeah. I, I enjoy when it's brought up. I just, uh, you know, I'm banned, so I can't be there. I understand. With everybody. And, and but, like I said, I have the power to unban you, but yeah. I won't because I really but enjoy you your whining yeah. about it. God damn it. Yeah. You know, I was hoping that I could talk you into that when I had you here as a co-host, but I guess, I guess that's not going to happen. No, oh well. no, it's, it's um, an important part of this show. This show yes, d- yes. would decline in quality if you were ever unbanned. Yeah. Cause I would probably just be mostly talking and typing to people in the troll room to answer their question and not really saying much on the recording. Oh, I will tell you the absolute best thing that Darren did for me when uh, it, I was typing in the troll room early on in our mm-hmm. show. And mm-hmm. he recommended for me a new mechanical, super loud, clicky keyboard that comes across. Oh, the I have mic. one of those. And, yeah. And that broke me of typing during the show. I'll tell you that much. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Very awesome. Yeah. Well, you got to have these things if you do gaming at all. So, yes. It's the, so, the prerequisite. 
Do you want to go to another topic that uh, that is one that I'm not allowed to bring up with Darren anymore? Sure. Uh, well, actually, there's a couple of them. Uh, there's there's <laughs> one of, is my opinion about the the jab. I don't know what Darren's current opinion is on that, honestly. But uh, he seems kind of wishy washy on that. I will say. Well, I mean, he, I'm he definitely seemed, a pure blood. When, so. when he first decided to get injected with the J and J, which is mm-hmm. isn't the the gene altering substance, so I'll give right. him that. Um, he, he seemed extremely it's just proud a blood clot and, one. and was really quite annoyed and kind of pissed off with all of the people who were like, I can't believe you did this. How could, how could you go wrong? What the hell's wrong with you? Why are you giving into the man? What, you know, yeah. don't you, do you trying to kill yourself? You know, all of the, the stat. I love to bitch about all of the retarded things that left wing people say, but man, mm-hmm. you step out of line just a little bit. And even the right wing are going to come out and attack. Oh, you're telling me I'm I'm the guy that went out and said, hey, maybe this Ukraine thing's a mistake. <laughs> how, how many right wingers do you think I get? I, dude, I was getting literal death threats in email. Nice. Did you yeah, I did. did. Yes. And publish for a rainy them? day. I mean, the, like those. No, I have not published them. I don't want to make people's lives any worse than they already are thinking that they're right. Yeah, but those so, will be worth something after you're dead. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like five to well, 10. believe me, if I'm dead, they will come out. That's for sure. <laughs> good. I just good. don't think the odds of that are particularly high. Got a dead man switch for, for that. And plus the, all of the evidence of the Kennedy assassination. <laughs> yes. The, uh, the Kennedy assassination is something that, uh, you're required to keep quiet about if you live in Texas. Right. Mm-hmm. I, because, because it's you were all there. The, I'm sure. okay. Well, it's one of the things that, you know, when you become a citizen of Texas, they tell you the truth. So you kind of have to not let people that aren't citizens know about it. So uh, actually on, on the topic of, of getting uh, the most horrible comments from far right jerks, the most controversial thing that I have ever said in the last like three months, and I say Uh controversial things every 30 seconds. So I, I feel like this one really stood out. Was when I said, uh, in the grand scheme of things, compared to all of the other topics and all of the other ways that the elites are screwing over the public and uh, all the things that that you have to deal with in your daily life, high gas prices, inflation, trying to figure out where your next meal is coming from. I said, abortion is not that important an issue. And, yep. Oh, my I've been God. saying that for a I long had, time. Dude. I had to sign out of No Agenda Social for a while. <laughs> Oh my God. You're kidding. Really? I said this on my, on uh Sergene speaks just recently as I said, you know, honestly, I just don't have a horse in this race. I mean, I'm, I guess I'm, I'm happy for that to be returned to the States in terms of a state's rights versus federal rights issue. I like federalism, but, um, I just, you know, I mean, I've never like tried to talk any of my past girlfriends into getting an abortion. Neither have I tried to talk any from not getting an abortion. So oh, whenever somebody tries yeah. to rope me into the debate, cause everybody has to be on one side or the other, the, mm-hmm. the stock answer I love to give is, uh, you know, first of all, as, as a moral issue, um, you are murdering a kid that, I, mm-hmm. and I, uh, uh, people who are on, that side of the debate are totally okay because they don't know the kid. They haven't connected with the kid. They can treat it like a clump of cells, whatever. There is an actual human being, sometimes even with, with, you know, a beating heart, a working circulatory Mm -hmm. system, a functioning brain. That's not taking in a lot of input yet, but it's 
still firing synapses. That is a human being that you are destroying. And from a moral issue, that's an atrocity. From a legal issue? Oh, yeah. From a legal issue, I think that uh, you should be able to kill your kids all the way up to 18. Absolutely. I, there've been plenty of kids of other people. I would prefer to have killed at a much later age. Absolutely. Especially on airplanes. I mean, once they move out and become uh, stable and and self-sufficient, then, then at that point, it's like, well, Well, it's harder to kill at that point too. It's, I mean, there's, it's a legal gray area, whether or not you should be able Mm -hmm. to kill your kids after they've moved out and become self-sufficient. But, you know, I, I love the fact that you and I are both uh, believers in the Quran. And uh, that we we do agree that children belong to their parents, and and that's I I think uh, people are finding out new and interesting things about us. Yeah, well, that, that you're a horrible person. I think. Well, I don't think that's new, man. Okay. I don't think that's new at all. Are they finding out that I'm a horrible person? That's not really new either. Okay, so <laughs> yeah, honestly, the most frustrating thing is that you're agreeing with me again. Well, you keep bringing up topics that. I'm obviously on the correct side on, so, uh, well, you know, maybe that's the problem. Okay. Or would you disagree with that? Why? Well, I, I, <laughs> no, I'm an expert and therefore I'm right about everything. We know that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's, that's how it works. Okay. No, I, how about IP law? This one, you'll definitely be on the side of maximalism. All right. Talk to me. Uh, copyrights should last five years. Uh, less, less, less. See, that's another hot button issue. I'm not allowed to talk with Darren anymore Why? because every time that I bring it up with Darren, he brings up the sob story about the poor, uh, a mega millionaire star, a list, uh, musician who would lose hundreds of thousands of dollars per month. Oh, fuck her and her flat butt, man. That's what I say. And, uh, it, it, I, this is ridiculous. The, the guy who plays illegal music, like music owned by somebody <laughs> on his radio show no, twice bootlegs. a week. Yeah. Bootlegs music whose rights are owned by somebody that he's not paying to. That is the guy who's going to tell you that copyrights are a good thing. I Just every time I get, I what get the, the poor sob story about how, you know, what, the person who worked hard and wrote this song and uh, my favorite is the hypothetical situation of, of what if somebody writes a song, but they don't release it for five more years. Does that mean that the copyright is out and they don't, they do, they deserve nothing like, well, yeah, if you did a piss poor job of, of marketing yourself or, or you didn't, or you didn't decide to release your product within uh, the appropriate window, this is how it works with every other place in economics, which is, If you, if you fuck up and don't go to market at the right time and the demand isn't there and you can't sell anything, there's no legal system stepping in to say, oh, we're sorry. You deserve a passive income for the rest of your life because you did work once. Yeah, that's total bullshit. Uh, And I, I've recently had to work uh, with the patent and trademark office for a number of products. And I think that the that whole system needs to be severely overhauled okay uh, the, the are, original are distinct from copyrights there is well, they some are value dis- to copyright uh, there i, can I see think very little value to patents yeah well i think they're both the the idea around which the the exclusivity is based is in providing some level of benefit 
to the originator, whether it's an idea or a writing or whatever it is yeah. that if you came up with it, now you're reading from there the should be some period of time where you ought to be able to have exclusive rights to that and presumably make some money off of it. But, uh, but long term, I mean, it's like Disney is the root of all evil in all things, but certainly in as much in uh, trademarks as any other. I think area. Disney is a symptom. Well, if you put aside their woke bullshit, which is a completely different thing, uh, Disney abusing copyright is they've literally changed U.S. copyright law. Yes. They're the Disney company responsible abusing copyright for copyright is is a symptom of of the fact that. So. I've had this debate with lots of people about corporatism and that is people say people will come out to me and, you know, I'll say the government is evil and people will say no corporations are evil. And, and of course we're both right, yeah. but they will say something like, well, you know, these corporations are abusing the government power. And I said, they are, they are engaging in capitalism. The problem is that the incentives are there because the government power exists for them to take on. And the, I will get people saying, well, you know, things would be better if corporations could just stop being greedy. Well, why don't you just transform us all into ants or bees or something? Because humans are mm-hmm. greedy. It's it, you're, you're talking things will be better if we can just change human nature. And my <laughs> yeah, exactly. argument is, well, things would be better if we had smaller government. Although from your argument that a state is a natural result of any group of people growing together, maybe I'm arguing we should change human nature, too. Yeah, no, it, it the. We should change human nature is, is how you end up in Nazi Germany. Uh, it, it's this idea that people's nature, people are built wrong and we can fix it. We have the technology. We can simply make people <laughs> are, are we better back to MRNA shots then. Oh God. Yeah. This, it, I think it's all part of it. I mean, that's the thing is it's, um, uh, whether it's political correctness or whether it's uh, Nazism, uh, all these things are, they're all hinged on this idea that we have the technology, we can change human nature and make people better. The reality is it's been millions of years in the making that our um, human uh, responses are what we would describe as values, but really our responses to stimuli have been optimized by the successful progression of, uh, of, you know, multiple generations successfully breeding that had traits that were positive and not being successful at breeding when the traits were negative. So we have, what we are as humans is predominantly the result of evolution in action. And when you try and change these evolutionarily uh, optimized traits, you're really rolling a rock uphill. I mean, this is why you have to have indoctrination camps because it's going to take years and years. They, well, they're working, but for how long do you, do you really think that the people that are super woke when they're 22 years old of young people now they have, but, but here's what I would argue is if you look at past fucked up generations, by the time they get to be our age, they are so far on the other extreme as a response for being <laughs> fucked up when they're young that now you're like, you're going to start wanting to push in the other direction. 
So the people that right now in their early 20s are the most woke are going to be the ones that are for rounding up woke people when they're in their 50s. I, 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 sadly, I don't think I'm going to live that long because I'd love to see it. Oh, thank God. We're <laughs> neither one of us. I mean, I'm already over 100, but it's a it's one of these situations where uh, the pendulum keeps swinging. It doesn't just stop magically at one point and stays there. It keeps rocking back and forth. 2023 was the year uh, that the pendulum starts swinging in the opposite direction, uh, according to the book Pendulum um, by uh, uh, Roy Williams. And uh, I forget the other author's name, but they're both people I know. But that historically, they've gone back in time and then forward and projected it. And 2023 is the the edge of the pendulum swinging towards collectivism. And then it starts swinging back. And this is, this is true for Western culture. This, there's a different pendulum for Eastern culture for uh, Asia, but uh, for the Western culture, um, that's where it is. 1983 was the peak of the pendulum being on the opposite side of collectivism in individualism. So it's, you know, things change. We got dead air now. Did you start coughing again and pushing your button? Or did your cat chew through the wires? Uh Uh-oh. We might have lost Bemrose. I think the uh, overwhelming truth of what I was saying uh, may have uh, affected him such a degree that it, he has become or, or speechless. The, you, you could have kept talking. Oh, it was. It, I could have, but it's more fun to point these things out. It was the overwhelming amount of coffee that was in my bladder. <laughs> oh, 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 is that it? No, I, I thought Long it was the overwhelming. Yeah, Darren nailed it in the troll room. He figured it out. He's he's been there a few times. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, no, you no, were no, on no, a roll. I thought I had time. I was on the roll, and I was trying to be a polite roller. Stop it. No, do what Darren does. Just keep talking and talking and talking and talking until the time is up. And I will go ahead and interrupt if I need (laughs) it because I've been trained. You've been trained to interrupt. Well, that's good. Yeah. Some people are too polite to interrupt, which is annoying as well. Uh, There is that. Um, Don't worry. You will not have that. Wait, are you saying Darren is in the troll room? Darren is in the troll room. uh, That fucker needs to get banned right now. I'm sorry. I I think he ought to be banned from the troll room. What, what, What is this? He's playing hooky. And yet he's showing up in the troll room. Very interesting. You know, we just started Grumpy Old Ben's again. I don't know that I want to uh, start up the argue the the mod argument between us again, especially mm-hmm. on your say so. I mean, if I had a good reason, like oh, there was another oh, troll in the troll room that needed banning, <laughs> then maybe. But yes. Well, I just think that would be poetic justice. So, that's all. <laughs> Um, I will say there was there was two topics that came up, uh, one on No Agenda Social, where uh, CSB is now accusing me of being too pro-Russian. <laughs> I don't remember saying anything That's awesome. that was pro-Russian, but I guess yeah. by talking to you, that automatically makes that me That makes you, that you're clearly, I'm pro-Putin, therefore you're pro-Putin yeah, think, by the association law. I think just having a conversation with you makes yeah. me pro-Russian yeah. by default. Uh, that's... 
I, I'm convinced mm-hmm. that must be it. Um, the yeah, other and CSB topic, is one of the people that I banned, so, you know, there is that. The, the other topic that came up from the troll room, and I do think this is important, is big tits or small perky tits? Uh, for me, it's small perky tits. No, big old. But I, I know for, I, there you go, we found something we disagree on. Perfect. Awesome. Thank you, troll room. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, I I've always been more of more of an ass man, like a chick with a good ass and oh, perky it, tits. Is my wife walks me. around with the the big double D's going on, and I probably shouldn't be doxing her, but mm-hmm. but she's not in the yeah, room right now, so she's probably not hearing. Clearly, well. the only person in Seattle that has those. So you know, uh, I doubt it. Um, I mean, <laughs> we're in America these days, and double D is uh-huh. kind of a baseline uh-huh. for for people who've had too many carbs. Uh huh. Yeah, no, I, I just, uh, uh, so my ex-wife, at least back when I married her, I don't know what she looks like now, but back when I married her, she looked like Natalie Portman. Okay. So if that tells you my type. Okay. So would you do Adriana Lima? I mean, I wouldn't not do her. Well, not everybody gets to, I'm told, so. Oh, that was always a Darren okay. line. Yeah, I I like uh, I like Adrian Curry. Is that does does this person look like Adam Curry or? No, no, she won uh, America's Top Model uh, in its first season. You know, I probably shouldn't be in this conversation because I actually would probably can't name a single porn star. I mean, mm. don't get me wrong; I enjoy looking at porn, but I'm not stopping what i'm doing at the time and trying to go names. look up their names oh she's kind of cool I'm looking like, what's her name i mean I, okay there's probably girl a girl next on top door of that body, that's but her it's name not what i'm looking at right what you don't like pretty looking porn stars you just like the the good body that you you like the uh well i like if they're pretty looking it's just i i, mm-hmm. I make a distinction and you can call me shallow if you want but it if if there is a real person in the real world that I'm interacting with, then I am going to interact with them as a person. But if there's a porn star on a screen in front of me, then I'm going to act interact with that as an image on the screen, which means that, yes, I'm sure that the source material for the image that I'm looking at was a, a human being with wants and desires and, and feelings. And I don't care about any of that because I'm not interacting with that person. I'm interacting with a picture that was created from that person. And I don't have a connection to the the person behind the picture. I'm just fapping it. Got it. So not, not really like uh, doing the, the live show stuff. Uh, no, I'm, I'm not, stuff. I'm not an only fan subscriber and mm. I don't, I guess what I'm saying is that I don't have, you know, any they all have those, an emotional those. connection with my porn. I have an emotional connection with my wife and, and my mm-hmm. cat and, and well, the cat isn't involved in the porn. Not if I can help it. I was going to say, Although, you're walking down an interesting line here, well, buddy. There was, there, there has been more than one time when, especially when Growly was a kitten where, uh, uh, my wife and I were in the bedroom doing our thing and Growly came and jumped up on my back and, peeked over my shoulder and just joined in. Yeah. 
like was sitting on my back and I'm sitting here trying to ignore the fact that there's a cat on my back because of course, if I move suddenly, then claws go down my, and yeah, how does that not make you laugh? And, just and, from that well, occurring? So I'm doing my best to ignore this. And he peeks over and stares and just like death stares my wife right in the face. <laughs> and it, it, we both had to, we cracked up and we're like, yeah, the mood is done. We're, we're done here. Thanks. Cock block. <laughs> That that's too funny. That was interesting. You said in the face because at first the way you were describing it, I, I thought she was pegging you. Well, the, but okay, okay. Uh, and I'm I'm really trying not to describe anything more specific than that, <laughs> lest I get in a lot of trouble after uh-huh. I get off this podcast. Uh-huh. But uh, suffice it to say, you know, the, it, at least the one benefit is that uh, once the cat has cock blocked you, at least they're very absorbent. That fur it will absorb a lot of fluid. <laughs> Oh, I'm sure it will. So you use the cat to wipe yourself. Got it. Yeah. Nice. So now that yeah, the show the, has been completely derailed. Yeah, I don't think we've ever had this topic on the show before. Well, I'm trying. This is a, a new one for uh, unrelenting. But the show is unrelenting. So, they, you know. We, I, I relent. I relent. <laughs> At this point. Okay. All right. I've also um, kind of mostly run out of the the laundry list of things that I wanted to touch on. We haven't solved anything, but unfortunately, everything that I brought, we agree on, which I hate. So, so what have you? Got? Yeah, I mean, I don't think solving has ever been a part of this show. I think it's generally just kind of bringing things up. Well, apparently, the price of gas in Germany is supposed to uh, triple, which will be interesting. Okay. I'm curious to see because it was already over ten dollars a yeah, gallon. My, my understanding is it's pretty expensive in Europe. Yeah, it was like over ten. So I, I haven't been to Germany since well, was probably fifteen years ago. Fifteen years ago, the price was about eight bucks a gallon. Uh, and on the autobahn, a BMW five series was doing about six miles per gallon at 155 miles an hour. Yeah, imagine that so, going really fast consumes a lot of fuel. Yeah, which is weird because you'd think you know it's a German car; it ought to be yeah, uh, well, made for German think roads. That they they still have an atmosphere in Germany, and wind drag is a thing. Well, that may be true, but uh, the windmills sure aren't working enough to produce enough electricity without. Well, obviously, uh, rushing they're gas not spending in. enough gas to fire the windmills up to to 155 miles an hour i think that's the key factor that they never seem to mention is that every windmill has a gas generator yeah (laughs) because otherwise they're just not producing electricity without those generators in place i'm just saying if 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 the wind were actually blowing at 155 miles an hour you'd see some real wattage out of those windmills Oh, yeah. Well, you probably couldn't use those windmills. You'd need to design totally different windmills for that level speed. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's, uh, I think Germany is still fucked. I, uh, uh, I've been trying to figure out whether it's better to do a trip to Europe now, do a little vacation, or to wait until they're completely third world. When I can go on vacation there and everything will be so much cheaper. Uh, why not just go to Chicago now? Oh, well, that's a war zone, man. I don't like doing war vacations. Oh, I see. Do you want to wait until it like maybe Detroit? Wait until it, it actually fully third worldizes. Is that? Uh, yeah. Detroit, I, I try to avoid uh, 
conflict zones. Like, like I may go to Ukraine, but I'm not going to Detroit, man. Well, it's safer. That's dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It's more dangerous there. So it is kind of crazy. Um, I think that the, uh, other than the fact that nobody really seems to understand why they're all rah, rah for Ukraine, other than the U S kind of led the charge and they're not really smart enough, I guess, to recognize the fact that maybe just maybe Ukraine was where the Biden family was laundering money and is now sending government money to get more money out of Ukraine into his own pocket kind of like Hillary did previously with the Clinton, uh, what do they call it? The Clinton something fund. Yeah. I, the, the Clinton by political uh, access fund. I, I have to admit you're on your own for this topic. I, I don't actually know enough about what's going on in Ukraine. And, and this is by design. I don't want to know. I have avoided all the news because it's halfway around the world. The things that I know uh, yeah. is that I don't like, my money being sent all the way around the world for any yeah. reason. Uh, the amount that the Democrats are doing in America, it is unconscionable. Um, if every one of them needs to be up against, you know, the it's wall over a hundred billion now, you know that, right? They want to send 40 billion across the world instead of, Oh, I don't know, spending the money to make America better. Um, but, but yeah. what's happening there? I mean, they have a government and therefore I assume that it's corrupt. Mm-hmm. There's probably lots of corruption there. Um, when money flows to places that usually means a higher level of corruption, whether it was already there or is being created, I don't know anything more than that. So, um, you know, at, at the risk of further angering CSB, I'm just going to go, I don't know. Well, I'm sure that just that, that I guess is probably going to be construed as supporting Russia though. Probably. I mean, Clearly, you know, and you're just saying you don't know, and you're pretending just to piss them off. Everybody that might knows be that's it. the reality. Yeah, maybe I'm just pretending I don't know to troll CSB. Is that what you're saying? That sounds like the well, kind of thing I'd do. It sounds like the kind of thing either one of us would do. Troll CSB, because he's trollable. And, and by the way, I probably should mute that tab. Uh, it's not going to be in the main recording, but everybody in the troll room is hearing every time CSB is sending an angry rant and it pops up with a notification in my no agenda social. Cause I haven't muted that tab and I've just <laughs> been leaving it because I want the troll room to go nuts. Hearing how many times ding, 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 ding. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's fascinating. The fact that he, uh, hate listens to this show. I it's, it's such an interesting idea. I mean, I, I don't think I have any of those. Show, so, well, I just, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm trying to think of it. I don't think there are any shows that I listen to that are hate listening. Um, I don't watch or listen to mainstream media. That That's would be pretty because hateful. you're a normal, well-adjusted person who understands that you have better things to do with your time. Yeah, I barely have time. And to I might show. be the first person in history to ever accuse you of being a normal, well-adjusted person. Normal. <laughs> um, certainly for a length of time for quite a while. Yeah, probably. That's that's a good point. Yeah. But it, you know, I mean, I guess I can't, you know, I don't have the power, uh, to not have CSB listening. I'm I'm not one of the blockers of, uh, uh, of the, uh, stream, but at least I have the power to block him on, uh, no agenda social. I, uh, th- this is, this is an argument that I've had with a number of people and, it's another place where I get a crazy amount of pushback, especially from the, the meme lords on the right, which is I never block anyone. 
I don't see the point. Um, I, if, if somebody is spamming, then I'll go ahead and mute because, you know, at some point it actually interferes with my ability to see other content. But like, if somebody says something really controversial, I have the, uh, this amazing superpower, which I guess is actually pretty rare among the population where I don't have to engage. Mm -hmm. It's, it, it is so weird that, you know, somebody can say something really inflammatory and I'll be like, yeah, he's an idiot. I don't need to engage. Um, but I don't understand. And, and maybe you can explain to me because uh, apparently you're, you're a blocker um, and you, yeah. you and JCD have this. Well, I can, I I've kind of mentioned this, but I can, I can bring it up uh, now as well. So the difference to me between muting and blocking, because a lot of people are like, Oh, why don't you just mute him? And you don't want to listen to him. It's not about listening to him. I, I don't, you know, no, I don't you're, care you're, about that. It's about not listening I, blocking, and making blocking the world an angrier place. No, blocking is preventing him from seeing my content. Yes. Yeah, so who cares? That's the part that I don't want. Uh, well, it's a punishment. Okay. Because clearly, I think my content is very worthwhile. It's really, and, and, you know, it, I mean, something do you desirable. Block, do you find and block all of their sock puppet accounts too? And do you do you set all of your posts to not be available? I don't. And I don't need to. I don't need to. It's it's if they're going to the trouble of creating sock puppet accounts. I'm already living in their head. Okay, so, so it's not about then let, let me see if I can get to, it's not about trying to prevent them from seeing your content, because if you did, you I'm would, creating an inconvenience if, yeah, for them. If, if, if your goal was they can't see your content, then you mm -hmm. would make your posts private or at least not available anonymously. Sure, and you would sure. find every I, sock puppet and block them. Yeah, too. I don't really care if he reads okay, my content, so that's but what, what I do care about, about is then, punishing him by making it, more of a pain in the ass. So you have, you have solved your problem. You don't have to see the yeah. trolls, but yeah. you are, are still like, it's a vindictive thing. It's, it's a, totally, a, totally. It's a absolutely. signaling thing. It's a, uh, I want to add just a little bit of, of anger and, and resentment to the world by being rude to somebody when there's no point at all, because your life continues on as normal when, yeah. as long as you can't see that content but, uh, but you need to make sure and you so i want to also clarify vindictive person that you have to make sure that the other person suffers a little bit even though but they no only on suffer you. if they care about my content see there's if they don't care about what i'm doing if they're just like a random troll that wasn't the normal listener watcher or whatever they don't but it's not going to affect them. It's only going to affect somebody that wants to both be an asshole to me and get my content. Okay. But if they don't care, then there literally is no difference between mute. And then there's no difference. Okay. Totally. If they don't care, there's then no why difference. Not mute? But, but again, what I want to, what I want to say is the, the reason for doing it. Um, I may mute somebody if they post too much, even if it's stuff I agree with. Yeah. Like I just, I don't want to deal with that shit. So I mute them. Yeah. Like when, when but, the, the meme Lords all decide to post snow skiing photos all at exactly the same time. Like, yeah. Uh, there, there are certain things that'll just like, okay, too much. The only reason that I ever have banned people is when they have done something that personally offends me, like calling me a name or doxing me. Or, uh, you know, doing something that literally is like what in a normal human conversation in person would make you stand up and go, okay, we're done. Wait, all I have to do is call you a name? Well, pretty bad name, but Gene. yeah. 
Oh my God. How dare you? And then I'll uh, talk to you. This is Gene in Austin, Texas. Yeah, yeah. What? You can't let people know where I live. How dare you? I'm going to see your ass now. No, just block me. No. So, so it's, it's one of those things where it's, it's no different for me online as it would be in real life. If I don't want to have this conversation with this person in real life, I certainly don't want to have it online either, but I've got a pretty thick skin. I mean, that's the thing is there's tons of people that I've disagreed with and that have disagreed with me, but if they don't get personal and nasty, I don't need to block them. I don't need to mute them either. I don't mind seeing their stuff. It's only when they go to that personal attack level that I can, I'm just, I don't need it. I can get rid of it. I I would argue that there are a couple of big differences between in-person and online. For one thing, there isn't really a mute function for in-person. I mean, the the best you've got is walk away. Uh, yeah, in, exactly. In, in That's person, what I did. The, I walked away. In, in person, the mute function is you walk away, and the block function yep. is you punch him in the face. No, the block pun- function is I closed my uh, the uh, uh, the gates to my community. I okay. Well, we're we're talking different hypotheticals. They can't here, get in but, here. Yeah, but I mean that's the thing. It's mind. like if I don't want to deal with somebody who is being uh, personally offensive to me. There are things I can do in real life to get rid of them. And the equivalent is just to block them online. I I think that we would find a lot more civility online if, if, if it were possible to punch people in the face across the internet, but I probably would, but man, do you really want to deal with enforcing those laws? I, I no, I don't want there to be laws. I was just, I want to change reality so that it's possible to reach reach through an ethernet cable and punch somebody. Do you want that fully interactive, uh, VR headset that not only yeah. shows you things in 3D but lets you punch somebody yeah, for, uh, and they feel and it. And when is Zuck's metaverse going to enable that? Yeah, I it, it's not part of actually like you buy the whole suit, you can actually feel, you know, when somebody's when you're doing online virtual boxing when they're hitting you. Something like that. I I, I think uh, it just it, gives you that? a mild electric shock, but yeah. Oh, is that all it well, is? Well, you no, don't, that's you don't get like the full realistic. uh permanent head injury and concussion experience. Oh, well, that's a good thing. Yeah. Well, that depends. But I mean, you it, if you feel something, it'd probably be a little more so, realistic. Um, what was that movie that had that? Um, Ready Player One? That was one of them. There have been a lot of movies about yeah. virtual worlds where you log in. The thing that bugs mm-hmm. me the most, and this is, uh, it, it, Darren and I often go back to Star Trek because it's it's a shared experience for us. And I know Star Trek really well. Um, mm-hmm. why is it that so many virtual exp- like uh, every story that has a, a virtual world where you go in has always got this one rule that never made any sense to me. And this includes the star Trek holodecks because the first thing that a holodeck mm-hmm. always does when it malfunctions is they disengage the, the safety locks, whatever the fuck that mm-hmm. means. But every single virtual world has this rule tacked onto the side. Nobody explains why it has to be that says, if you die in the virtual world, you die in real life. Like, I know that has to be there for the purpose of the narrative and in order to add some level of danger. Cause otherwise, otherwise you'd be, it'd be kind of like, you know, Xbox live or the real world where, or, or the internet world. It is Xbox live. And that's just, what, so that, you know, I rage. Yeah. Quit. That's my, yeah. That's my comment is that uh, on that is, because the people that write these shows don't play video games. If they did, they would realize that absolutely not only do you not die, 
but there's always a respawn. I, I'm it, yeah. And exactly. And, and that makes for better stories, but I guess what I'm saying is that online communities would be a hell of a lot more polite if they had the, the weird rule that seems to be in all the fiction that says, if you get banned from this forum, you die in real life. I would think you'd have a whole <laughs> lot more civility <laughs> on the forum. Wouldn't you? Uh, likely there would be a little bit. Yes. Hey, what's that Tom Cruise movie where he, um, every time he dies, he comes back to the same place. Isn't that every Tom Cruise movie? Every time he, uh, every time his <laughs> movies bomb, he just makes another one of the same plot. You know, his latest movie is the highest grossing movie of ever in a hundred years. I didn't so. say that, that people aren't yeah. eating it up. I'm saying that. What, all of what is that movie? Somebody's going to know in, in the, uh, roll room, uh, where it's not day after tomorrow, but something like that. It's where he, like, you know, net net says you, days you, of thunder. No <laughs> days. It's where you've, you've, He's in a military thing in the near future and he's fighting the aliens. And then every time he gets killed, he wakes up and back at, uh, before he got assigned to go on the trip to fight the aliens. And then he can change. Lifer says edge of tomorrow, edge of tomorrow. There you go. Okay, yeah. That's Is what that Tom Cruise. So yeah. Yes. I- so that movie, I thought did a great job of portraying video games. I believe because that. You first start off as a noob and you are between don't know what you're doing or just slow yeah. if you do know what you're doing and you're going to get killed a lot. And, and game designers, and it's very frustrating. Game designers absolutely hate this, but there's a lot of games where it is a viable strategy to chip away at a boss's health by constantly throwing your own corpse at it. Yeah, totally. Um, but that, that's a natural progression. And, and the second time you go through, you fix a few things that made you be bad last time. And you do that incrementally. And that yeah. follows the same process that we as humans have in real life, which is that we start off as helpless, uh, little meat bags that can get hurt really easily. But yet we have a drive to both compete with others like us. And to play fight. And this is what we do as kids. We learn by doing in a low risk environment. No, 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 no. Zero uh, tolerance is, is training that out of, out of human. Uh, yeah. And it's, I mean, with, with zero a lot tolerance of these in the things, schools, people are now becoming more civil because they don't want to play fight. Right. Because a million years of evolution, you know, can just be turned off by, uh, by a, a school policy. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's just brilliant. Who hired these people? It's, we did, according to the the collectivist uh, fallacy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I sure as hell didn't hire anybody, but I also don't have the kids in school. Yeah, they, so. say, they say that the people get the government that they deserve. And I always say that. Argu- That's yeah, a very that. true statement. And my argument yep. is, why the fuck should I get the government that they deserve? That they deserve? Right. Well, because you're living Be- where you of are. the fallacy of collectivism. And the fact that we've decided to partition. We have a geographically based uh, governments. Yeah. Yeah. And that's historical. That's not a new thing. That's a historical thing. So if you want to change it, then you're more than welcome. There've been a number of attempts, I think, uh, including by some of the guys that are on the, I don't give a crap about changing the government for all of my neighbors. I just don't want to have to suffer the government that they deserve. No, I get that. But, but the system you were born into the uh the particular serfdom that you were born into 
requires that your physical so, location so now is directly tied to your betters. I'm not arguing predestination because predestination would mean you can't change it. What I'm arguing for is if you want to change the conditions you have, you can't do it sitting on your ass in the same place and not doing anything about well, it. I'm not just sitting on my ass. I also changed my social what media. What else do you icon. sit on? <laughs> I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do a lot of social media icon changing. Uh, did you, do you remember to flip it from Ukraine to I, gay pride month? I, and then I, now I back think to Ukraine, in, in every social media account that I have ever, I set it once when I create the account or, or a few days later, yeah. and then I've left it forever. And you forget about yeah, it. Yeah, I don't want to think about it. Yeah. That's a good way of handling. I think social media accounts in general. Yeah. If I'm not getting mm-hmm. benefit from the social media account, like, you know, useful input, then I, it can, I don't need to log in. Yeah, that's no, I, I, I agree. I, I don't use them. This is this Other is something than knowledge it, in the social. Uh, I trust me 20 years ago when when the Internet was younger and, and it might have been easier to to get out of these things. Social media wasn't quite as addictive, but I made a realization many, many, many years ago, and it took a while to train myself. But what I have managed to do is I got over my FOMO. And Mm -hmm. now there's a whole lot of things out there that I look at and I'm like, nope, the marginal benefit is not worth the time investment or the energy of investment. You know, there's, there's a lot of social media that, that saps your energy, whether that be out of creating drama or just having to deal with shitty UIs or whatever. And the energy investment of a lot of these things just isn't worth it. And so I, I got, and, and I look at a lot of people who are like, well, I have to use this browser or I have to watch ads because I can't, you know, YouTube displays them. I'm like, well, if you can't no, you don't. block ads or you can't, you know, filter out the part, you don't need that. People are like, no, well, dude, memos, you, you on pay Twitter. for it. If you have money, you can just pay to not see ads. I, I, I just block them or actually, actually my most effective way to not see YouTube ads is that mostly I just don't go to YouTube, which again, well, is, that totally I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm learning after, after a long personal journey of getting over my own FOMO, what I'm getting is a hell of a lot of pushback from people saying, you know, how can you possibly stand and not log into Facebook every 15 seconds? I'm like, well, I don't even have a Facebook account. And like, well, aren't you worried about missing out? No. And the, the missing out on what nothing happens on well, Facebook. Yeah, I, I'm just throwing out examples, but modern yeah. social media is a huge barrage of dopamine hits that ultimately isn't giving you very much. And there's a whole lot of things out there. You know, I don't no. have, I don't have a, a, a Wi-Fi enabled network that allows me to control all the lights in my house from my smartphone. Well, how come? Cause I don't need it. Well, aren't you worried about missing out? No, I, I also don't have the benefit of a hacker being able to hack my smartphone and open up my front door. I just, well, that's, they're definitely missing out on that benefit. I just feel like it's, it's a, having reached the end of a journey where I don't feel the need to touch every single shiny thing that comes across my screen. It's amazing yeah. how much pushback I get from people who still do feel that need. Yeah. Well, you sound like an old man now, yes. but yeah. I just got there sooner hey, than boomer. others. Exactly. Uh, no, it's interesting because I, like one of the things I did is when I moved out of my parents' house, I didn't see a need for television. 
And uh, I didn't have a TV until I got married. Uh, so, which was, you know, quite a while. It was like a decade after moving out of my parents' house. And then I had a TV while I was married. And she took the TV when uh, we got divorced. I, and I didn't get a TV after that. Now, I obviously still watch YouTube and stuff. And I can watch Netflix on the computer. And I, I have, I a have TV. a It's connected to my Xbox so that I can watch the Xbox take updates. There you go. Yeah. That's the only thing the Xbox seems to be good for anymore. But but a lot of people can't imagine not having the ability to watch the news, to watch sports, to watch all this crap. And I don't understand. I mean, this wouldn't you rather be doing something than watching something? Wouldn't you rather record a podcast than listen to a podcast? Um, um I could go either way. I, no. <laughs> Actually, I thank my dad for, for having helped me out immensely because he was of, of the generation where television, he grew up where television was novel and new and interesting. Mm -hmm. And he, we, we even, we got cable very briefly and it was connected to exactly one TV in the house and he was staring at it 24 seven. And if he wasn't watching a, a a classic John Wayne Western, then he was watching Fox news or whatever the, Oh my God, you just described my dad. And, uh, the, the beautiful thing is it caused me to do two things. First of all, it means that I grew up without having to watch TV because I didn't want to watch the same thing he did. And that was the only thing yep. available because he was watching. Yep. But the other was I got to watch what passively sitting there watching TV did to my dad and went, I don't really want to be that. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and, and to this day, like, uh, my wife works for a cable company and we have free cable connected to the same TV as the Xbox. And I think that cable box has been unplugged for a year and a half. Mm -hmm. Just don't have any desire to look at it. Yeah. And I I've been getting mail from the internet provider for decades trying to get me to sign up for cable. It's like, why, why would I ever want I, I assure that you, has, if it weren't piped in for free, we would not have cable service in well, this house. It's, I think, it's I think the last nuts. thing that I watched was the Super Bowl, not this year, but a year ago. It's probably been well over a decade since I was at somebody else's house watching it. I mean, I can see the ads online for free. I don't I, need and to really ads. watch the Super Bowl. They're, yeah, the I mean, that, the ads are the interesting part. Anymore. No, they used like, to be, YouTube though. Has they better used to ads. have some good ones. Totally. Yep. Yeah. The advertising has gone completely downhill. I don't know. Maybe it doesn't take much to advertise to the younger generations anymore. I mean, they're not all that uh, hard to make ads for. So how do you usually end these shows? Um, usually. If he said the thing, oh. uh, thing. now, usually I, uh, we just like run out of, stuff to talk about and it varies between okay, if, know, if two hours the gate, and then three you're going to miss your heart out why is that because we'll never run out of stuff to talk about oh when's the heart out you said you had a heart out in like a half hour oh no no i've got a yeah no mine's like half an hour from now okay yeah i was just giving you the opportunity i know you like i get the time zones are a new thing to you you haven't I just know that all you people in the in the <laughs> Midwest and Texas are uh -huh. your clocks are always wrong. Uh -huh. It's it's uh -huh. not quite 10 a.m. Well, next time I'll send you time in GMT. How's that? GMC. I, you got it. GMT. Yes. 
I don't understand why we all. Here's a pet peeve. Send me Chevy time. I don't understand why we don't just all use GMT. Why the hell do we need different time um, zones? I do, but I'm a programmer. So why do we need explain to me? Why do, why does everyone need their own time zone instead of just saying, oh, I get up at uh, 1100 hours and uh, I go two, to sleep two reasons at one, two reasons. One is the shared experience that uh, the sun sets somewhere in the evening, 6 p.m., give or take an hour or two, depending on seasons. Uh, the sun rises at 6 a.m., give or take an hour or two, depending on seasons. And the sun is near the top. At local noon, uh, people are diurnal creatures for the most part. We like to structure our day on a 24 hour cycle where we are most active while the sun is out and therefore having the same number for uh, depending on you know, no matter where you are, knowing that if you change your geographical location, that now the sun is not in the top of the sky at three instead of five is uh, helpful for human neuroplasticity. Uh, or lack thereof. I don't think so. I don't think the hours are. Here we go. Another topic. But I, we am, don't agree on. I, uh, I don't think the hours are more compelling than that. But go on. Uh, okay. Well, I don't think the hours are at all tied to anything. I think they're arbitrary. I think they were literally uh, created as a way to tell the time at the place. Yeah. The d- devices and, to track and, and time now you're, were created. You're bumping into my second reason why we still have local time. Yeah, go inertia. ahead. Yeah, because just like because Fahrenheit instead created, of Celsius. Time was originally created and defined relative to the local solar day. And yep. it was uh, we, we had the concept for a very, very, very long time before we had any kind of communication systems where we could interact with a person who didn't have the same local solar reference at the same like right now. I can look up and say the sun is right here in the sky and point a direction. And you can look up and be like, no, it's much higher than that because we're far enough Mm -hmm. apart that that makes a difference. But the vast majority of human history that never existed. And any two people who interacted had the exact same frame of reference with regards to the sun. So it made sense for solar time to be developed from that. Why do we still do it? Inertia. Yeah. And and this idea that everybody has to have a local time where the noon agrees with the peak of the sun just seems well that ridiculous that went out me. the window with daylight saving yeah and and then uh, like arizona doesn't participate in daylight savings which is good for but, them and, and the time zones are wide enough that even if the time zones made sense everybody's off yeah there's only a thin line of people that are right on the uh, money uh, Everybody else is actually off. I mean, where where I am, uh, the solar noon actually happens about not quite one thirty p.m. Mm, wow, there you go. Yeah, because I'm in in the Pacific time zone. We're on DST, which adds an hour, and yep. I'm at kind of the western edge of the Pacific time zone. Hmm. So I think that the idea of Every place needing a local time zone is just absurd. So, and I, when I played Eve Online, which is a video game, the clock for the entire universe of Eve Online ran GMT, and it was very convenient to set sure or to to use GMT because no matter what time zone people logged in on, you say, "Hey, we're gonna start a raid at thirteen hundred," 
and everybody knew what that meant. But you didn't have to gamers convert are it always to local up tech. at all odd hours anyway. Exactly. And there's really no reason inside of that universe. And don't see daylight in yeah. general. And they don't see the daylight. Well, I'm in the Pacific yeah. Northwest. I never see the daylight either. Or yeah, well, I never go. see the sun. So, so what do you care if it's noon or not? <laughs> I, I'm going by the almanac to know. You're, what you're making my point is. for me, man. I, I'm, I'm only 40. I've never seen the sun. Uh-huh. Exactly. There, there's a, a general, I, I don't know, from a convenience standpoint, I think it would be much better if we just used GMT for everything and then that people wouldn't be late. You wouldn't have these, oh, I thought we were doing See, it on I, your time zone instead of our time I'm, zone. I'm going to have to disagree with you. And the reason is, and it, it, it has entirely to do with, it, it's situational. Um, if you are mm-hmm. an online gamer or an introvert coder, or somebody who lives their entire life on Facebook, then in that case, I will agree with you. The, your realm of attention is the online global world interacting with people who are not local to you. And therefore it GMT makes sense or actually, you know, screw when, GMT, you GMT, prefer, is, GMT is off by several seconds. Let's go to UTC just to be precise. Yeah. UTC is fine. GMT, UCC, just one zone. Yeah. Um, without a daylight savings time for for normal, well-adjusted human beings, which we're, we are running out of them because of social media, but, uh, the bulk of your attention span still occurs locally. And therefore the only frame of reference necessary for time is a local time. And for that purpose, it's convenient to go with inertia and also have Numbers that make sense relative locally, regardless of where who's whose time is mostly local. My sure is well. When when I go to the grocery store or the bank or or if I you know if if I decided I hate myself and wanted to commute to work again, all of those interactions happen in a frame of reference that is entirely local, and not therefore not necessarily. Trying to bring in a GMT offset to that actually complicates the interaction because if I say I go to work at 8 a.m., it doesn't matter where I am in the world that can I I can put in my head. I go to work at 8 a.m. I come home from work at 4 p.m. That's right. I put in a short day, whatever. But that's so last century. Yes. Well, so. I, I'm, I'm I, justifying all of this with the idea that you're still having interactions in the yeah, physical which world. I don't know that people are like, I don't go to the grocery store. I don't do any of this shit. I run a virtual company with people that span time zones from the Philippines to Europe. Okay, So what you're saying is that the entire world should change how they tell time because it would be more convenient for you. It wouldn't just be more convenient for me. It would get rid of the fog that is created by an arbitrary local time zone that that really doesn't serve a purpose other than inertia. Yes, but it would introduce a fog created by an arbitrary global time zone. You would have well, not at all for, because for, you've got for a lot of interactions, you've got interactions you based on the same about, clock. Uh, you know, I I go to work at eight. Oh, I'm sorry. I moved to the you know, I moved east from Washington to Texas. Now I go to work at 10. Yeah, that's exactly how it goes because people coming like people in the Philippines don't go to work at eight. They work on the, the schedule that are pres- prescribed to them. You would based on brains. Not at I'm all. Go people get inertia. adjusted. You, 
Well, why inertia is if I agree with inertia, but I just think it's a poor argument. Okay. That's all in, in that case. Um, do you run your company on the metric system? Uh, don't really deal with measurements, but I would, if I had to, yeah. Uh, you know, why, why, for example, how, like, okay, how far is it? Well, I, I just literally said this how, 15 how minutes ago when Austin you brought the to topic up, uh, it's about an hour and 20 minutes. Okay. I was expecting you to, to name a, a distance in miles, but. Oh, well that the mile, I mean, I can calculate the miles, well, but that's not, less relevant to me than the time spent getting there. I was going to try to trap you into a point and you escaped my trap, you bastard. I, I have no idea how many miles okay. it is. It is, it is. I just know how long it okay. takes to drive well, there. Well, what, what I was going to say is in America, most people still think, for example, in miles, why don't we think in kilometers inertia? We should. I agree. Yeah. No, we should. And this is one of my pet peeves, too, is when we watch uh, space missions from the historical American companies, uh, right? The, the guys that, that are still in the space game and got into it back in the 60s, um, like ULA, they do use freaking miles when they talk about speed and Fahrenheit when they talk about temperature, whereas SpaceX uses everything metric in their data which is much better. Okay. Um, it's easier to understand. It's cleaner. It's easier, it's easier to understand to do math. If, if you are fluent in understanding that, like it, it's uh, ultimately every form of measurement and units is arbitrary. The question is, are you fluent in that? Uh, you know, what, what? they are all arbitrary, but some are created to be easier to do calculations what's, with than others. I mean, what's the temperature in Austin right now? Oh, freaking hot man I, I mean are you gonna answer uh, in celsius or fahrenheit i normally in, no, I, can, being in America, I can tell you fahrenheit it's it's uh 102 celsius holy crap no that's fahrenheit okay. but it it's 42 in celsius but it's also, a holy crap. <laughs> it's hot it's hot here i mean saying hot should be sufficient um but I think that if you're going to do math, like if you're going to say, hey, so the temperature in Austin as a difference of winter to summer, like what's the range there, I think will be will tell you a lot more if you say it in Celsius than you will say it in Fahrenheit, because you know that in Celsius zero is where water freezes and 100 is where water boils. Well, I, I don't, I don't That's disagree the range. that in the scenario where Fahrenheit, you need to know where the range, yeah, the Fahrenheit range is yeah. at what temperature does water freeze that has a whole bunch of salt in it. The coldest water we can get before it freezes is But, but what's, what's your use zero. case when you're, when you're try out there trying to decide whether or not to wear well, let, me, let me get to the hot temperature. You know what, what 100 degrees is? It, it's, it's warm. That's the temperature. That's the rectal temperature of a pig. That's what that's based on. Okay. That's where Fahrenheit came up yeah, with it. From. It's, it's based on inertia. I get you. I'm just it's so stupid. I, I, it, it doesn't matter. Uh, when, when I think about the temperature, I'm not thinking, oh, I've got this container of water and I need to know if it's going to boil when I step outside, which might be happening in Austin. I don't know. If it, it if might it's over boil in Austin or freeze up up but north, yes. When I want to know the temperature, the vast majority of use cases for me having that number is going to be how do I want to interact with the world? Do I want to put on a jacket? Do I want to you know go yeah, out and let yeah, it yeah. all hang out? Whatever. And it, well, for an, that it is an arbitrary number. The numbers. I agree with the you. The numbers are arbitrary. 
it, it doesn't matter. It's just when, you're just used to the Fahrenheit as most exactly, Americans are. It, it is. But the advantage that Celsius brings is easy. It's also arbitrary, but it's an arbitrary that brings along with it easier to do math. But, the, but most people also don't care about math. Most people, if you're American, you say, how warm is it? They say it's 55. OK, then I ought to take a jacket. That is the mm-hmm. limit of the interaction. And the number 55 means nothing. Nobody's going to do math on it. They are just comparing it to a set of internal values in their head where they go, okay, if it's less than this, then I should do this. If it's more, that is the way most people think about, about temperature. Nobody is calculate. Nobody is convert. I mean, why, why bother with Celsius? Why don't we all use Kelvin? Because the math works out a lot better because those numbers are just weird. And again, I'm going back to human nature. We all learned one way making like being in the other system. I agree, and, and I hate to say that because we've been doing too much of that on this, but being in the metric system or being on everybody on UTC would be better. I agree. Transitioning yeah. would be fucking chaos. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Transitioning would be a chaos, but so so the question I wish is, it is was, the, I wish it was already transitioning. Okay, so, so we're we're back to uh, altering reality and changing hundred million years of human evolution, except it wasn't a hundred million years. It's how long have we been using these measurement systems? Uh, it has. And, and, but I think there's an advantage here. Like, I think there's an advantage both to using UTC and maybe it's not enough of an advantage to, you know, push back against inertia, clearly not in the U S same thing with, uh, using, the metric system is an advantage versus using the imperial system, which even the UK doesn't use anymore. Um, you know, I, I, I just think that inertia is a very conservative argument that doesn't really have a rational basis. It just says I'm too lazy to make things easier it, it, for it the next does generation. Have a rational basis. And that is that we, as a society, we, okay, whatever uh, me, I, <laughs> There is a a value consideration being made. What is the benefit of being on the other system versus the disadvantages of trying to make the transition? And for the vast majority of people, for the vast majority of scenarios, there is not enough benefit to being on the new system to justify the amount of effort and energy that must be expended to make the transition. That is the rational argument. And, and by the way, and I, I think you, you're right now, you're making literally the same argument that politicians use every single day as to why they have to do things because the rest of the society is too stupid. And if they're not forced to make changes, they will just stay where they are. And that, that's that's the argument that the politicians are, are but I'm, using I'm to justify arguing what they're doing, that the if if the transition is too difficult, that the status quo is acceptable as long as the difference between the states is is not enough. And by the way, with regards but who to who gets to decide whether it's with, enough with or regards not. to time zones and measurements and things, um, the, the solution and, and this this could be a long term solution is that for the people who need to have the advantage of the other system, whether it be you, you need to measure your things in, in Celsius or, or kilometers, or you mm-hmm. need your time zone. 
those people learn because humans are capable of learning individuals that how to operate in both time zones simultaneously. For example, right. uh, here's an example on every clock that I have control over. I set them to 24 hour mode. So half the time when somebody asks me, you know, especially if I want to be snarky or just don't care, they're like, Oh, what yeah, time is it? It's 24 hour time. Mm-hmm. And this melts people's brains because inertia, because they're used to the other. T- it's kind of the same as if you went to a, a UTC clock. Be like, well, what time is it? Well, right now it's about seventeen oh eight. If I if I got my math right, I yeah, I think I'm seventeen oh nine on mine, but yeah. Um, but I mean, I have a UTC clock in front of me, but that's just because it's convenient. Well, and uh, I guess what I'm saying is, if if it is important to to understand or to to (laughs) take you advantage of the new system, then you learn that system and the one everyone uses, and eventually. If enough people reach that point, the transition yeah. becomes smooth because it'll flop. It'll flip yeah, flop. It'll yeah. flop. And yeah, um, you brought in politics. The uh, one thing that really annoys the piss out of me with regards to making shifts like that, and and this is one of the sources of my biggest rant about electric cars that you'll see on every technology show I ever do, is mm-hmm. that uh, politicians, uh, authoritarians, will come out and say. This transition needs to happen, and therefore we need to try to force it and punish people and incentivize this and change this. Yep. And, and um, in every case, Double you're your going to have tag. unintended consequences, and you're going to do it very uh, with uh, more destruction and chaos. When if you just let it happen naturally, you know, if if there were no rules requiring electric cars, and we allowed the technology to develop at its own pace, yep. It might take a little bit longer to get there, but it would be. And by so no much rules, smoother. you mean no subsidies. Yeah. Well, no subsidies, yeah. no no restrictions, no no mm-hmm. gas fuel, uh, you know, requirements. If, if you took all of that away, it might take ten more years to get to a point where we just flip and everybody's using electric yeah. cars. But the grid will have have developed up. to support. Yeah. Yeah. No. The, I again, I keep saying this. Goddamn. I totally agree. With- um, I never got an electric car because I'm green. I got one because it's fun. It's an, I enjoy an electric car because it accelerates fast. It's and, and super because cheap a to run. Three hour stop every two hundred miles in in on your road trips is well. No, mine was just over a hundred miles, about one hundred and twenty miles. Yeah, but but I've always had several cars. So for me, that was one yeah. of the cars that I could tool around the city. And here's the other benefit: was finding parking was super easy because you have all these parking spots right next to handicap that are for electric cars yeah, only. again because somebody decided <laughs> that electric cars are good you're taking advantage yeah. of the system somebody it's decided totally. electric cars are good and put out restrictions that said it, gas yeah. vehicles are not allowed to park here well this, this thank is God not they something flipped. that evolved because of of consumer demand which is is the right way to do it because it's a minimum of chaos and it it results in yeah. the, all of the proper infrastructure going into place I mean, well, they used to have those pregnant women parking spaces, but thankfully they got rid of those for the electric car ones now. So now I can actually. I mean, how how about the how how well does your car charge when ERCOT shuts off your power? Because their infrastructure is shit. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally shit. Um, Now, knock on wood, they haven't really cut it off lately. But um, I mean, I have a generator. Obviously, you're going to use the generator to charge your electric car. Are you going to expend? 
fossil fuels to charge your electric I car? I don't care about fossil fuel. I keep saying this. I, the, the electric car is not about saving the planet. It's about You're being fun to greenie. drive. You're a shitty greenie. You know that? I'm not a greenie at all. Yeah, that I, makes you a I shitty think, one. You know, actually, I am a greenie because I think nuclear energy is the best form of energy. And I, I think if we can move to a nuclear only model, I, was pronounced I would be fully in favor of that. Only by people that are math and science majors. <laughs> is that how it is? Uh-huh. Good thing I'm not in college anymore. I don't have a major. Yeah. No, it's it's a uh this is this is all inside baseball shit that's going on right now for anybody listening who's going, What are they talking about? Uh it's a reference to my other podcast and my other co host and uh the, other the way he you pronounces the word nuclear. No, the other other oh. co host. Yes, Ben, dude named Ben named Ben, um, who uh, pronounces the word nuclear as nuclear. He, he, I guess, grew up around George W. Bush and learned from him, I guess. Maybe that's I don't know. it. Yeah, I can't think of any other reason. Um, but he has also, you know, mentioned a number of times that he was a math and science major and he's very versed in that. So, of course, that means I have to make fun of that all the time. Works for me. Yeah. So, uh, hey, I think we're done. Don't look at me. I've got a bachelor of arts. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm a philosophy major, so there Admittedly, you go. it's a bachelor of arts in computer science. Go figure that one out. But I do have, that's probably the worst kind <laughs> <laughs> computer art sucks. That, that, that has always been, uh, one of my favorite it was, uh, the school had decided you birds chirping now. Huh? You had birds chirping there. Uh, yeah, there's crows outside getting really cranky. Yeah, I can other. hear them. Hear that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Fuck you, noise gate. Good ears. Yeah. Well, he's good ears, and apparently it's getting past. The noise gate. <laughs> yeah. Apparently. Oh, uh, when, when w- people ask me like, why do you have a bachelor of arts? Because this this came up in a lot of interviews, and uh, the reason was that the school was just starting to turn really liberal, and they wanted everybody to have an equal chance and the bachelor of science, the requirements were too horrible. You had to have, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, a couple classes in physics and a couple classes, a lot more classes in math. And they were like, well, some people just want to do computers without understanding math, which is a horrible idea. But I got to the end and uh, they said, well, what's the difference between a bachelor of arts and a bachelor of science? Well, I would have had to stay in college one more semester. Mm -hmm. So that's the difference. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's, and back then a lot of colleges were just starting down the path to, uh, wokeism. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad that I escaped the college system and the public school system when I did. Yeah. Because the people, people younger than me, I, I'm sorry you guys got so screwed. Totally. Totally. You know, when I was a kid, your parents basically said, be home before it gets dark. And I was out on my bicycle riding around, you know, 15, 20 miles away from home, hanging out with friends, doing all kinds of shenanigans. And uh, as long as I'm home, you know, for dinner, which usually was the case, or certainly before dark, or use a payphone to call and say, hey, can you come and pick me up? Because I'm way the fuck out here and I, I'm too tired to ride my bike. Back. You know, I had the same experience, but in defense of, of a lot of the parents today, um, you know, back when I was young and riding my bike all over the damn place and they just said, be home before dark. Um, I wasn't trying to ride my bike back and forth in between 
uh, tents of homeless people who were half passed out with needles still stuck in their arms. Ooh, that's definitely not something I saw oh, when I was a kid. And it's not something that I saw when I was a kid, but it's if, if I were to go out now, right now, I would probably encounter that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would not do it right now. Well, that's why I'm here that, amongst instead. other reasons. Exactly. Because you're sitting there in front of a clock with 24 hour time. Yes. Where anyway, I think we're yeah, done, dude. And you know what? It's five o'clock somewhere. Uh, it, it shouldn't be, but it probably is. It's probably 5 p.m. In fact, it's, uh, UTC it's, time. It's after 5 p.m. UTC time. Yeah. 517, yep. yeah. Although, technically, it it's not. It's 1718 because UTC is 24-hour time, but yes. This is this is a great show. We agreed on everything, and then we ant-fucked each other. Honestly, I, I think uh, this could be uh, this could be a thing. This could be a podcast. I think I think people would listen to this. I think uh, I think people are. Let me let me do the magic. You think? Magic Adam C. Eighty nine people don't... on the in the troll room. What? No way. That's more than ever. Listen. Well, that's because they they get too much of Darren already. They Darren is kind of spread thin in the. Uh, I I believe the the word from JCD is that he's diluting his brand. Oh, JCD even said that. Wow. Okay. Yes. Uh, Darren, Darren well, posted on, it's totally he, true. He posted on NAS about, look, here's the, the 13 different shows that I do. Please listen to them. <laughs> and JCD came back with, you're really diluting your brand. Well, Jess, JCD should know. Cause for a while there, it seemed like he was in every magazine that was published in the early 1990s on computers, at least. Yes. Yeah. Yes. May- well, we didn't get to talk about uh, joysticks or uh, my obsession with Star Citizen or any of the other interesting topics, but so we'll definitely have to do this again at some point. Maybe. Well, if if you yeah. can, can if you can send people to Darren's house to break his AC more often, we can do this again. <laughs> well, yes, yes, and if you're ever in need of a co-host or a replacement host on your show, let me know as well. Okay. Well, uh, oh. There, people are waiting for pod 2.0. That's right. If we keep going, we're going to bump right into podcasting 2.0. We should quit. Okay. Let's quit while we're ahead. Ahead, behind, and whatever. Okay. Well, I don't know when right. you cut off the recording. Oh. Uh-oh, we might have lost Bembro.